Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Bases loaded and one out. Oh my God! Deep to right field, way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Grand slash. We have playing time issues. We have lineups. We have oh, great performances. We have a lot going on this few, these first few days. And the goal here is to identify some stuff, make some notes, get kind of a starting point, and monitor from here. We're going to dive right in. I'm just double checking my microphone because I've had like so many issues with it. All right, we're good. Let's roll into today's content and we're going to talk about it's I have about 20 or so things I'm going to t- touch on throughout this stream. So um, if you drop into the comment section, I will answer them live, share my screen. Goodness, it's almost like I've never done this before. All right, let's start here with Bryce Terang because this is my guy. We all know this is my guy this year, obviously off to a strong start, but the appealing part about Bryce Terang is the speed and the batting average we knew we were going to be there. He's he has two stolen bases hitting 357 right now with a BABIP that's sustainable 333 given the speed. Bryce Terrain can sustain the batting average even well, not the 357 batting average but the BABIP. However, look at the strong play discipline. He makes a ton of contact. He walks a lot. He gets on base. He doesn't strike out much and there's a little bit of pop there. We saw the grand slam the other day. Bryce Terrain is a guy. It's almost like Bryce Terrain can be what we wanted Ezekiel Tovar to be. He, uh, the issue, the only issue is, is right now, which can change. Trang is on a platoon, so he will be uh, weak side. Sorry, strong side platoon seeing his lefties at the moment for Owen Miller and Brett Brousseau, Mike Brousseau. But with that said, I'm looking more into Trang real quick. I want to see the plate discipline. Yeah, so it's as good as it's advertised at the top. When you, when you break down the strikeout rate and the walk rate, it makes sense. When you have a 5.7% swing strike rate compared to the league average, 11.8%. And again, very early look. I want to emphasize that these looks are beyond early, that this this stuff's going to change drastically. I mean, he has 100% Z contact, right? That's not going to sustain, but this could suggest that maybe he's a high 80s, low 90s Z contact type, which that's the, that's up there with like the Luis Arias, uh, uh, Luis Arias of the world, the Brendan the Brendan Donovans. 
if he can keep up this type of contact while being this patient, the results will come. He can even hit his way up that lineup because I don't know how long Jesse Winker's leash is going to be batting second. So if he continues, so if Terrain continues this type of production, maybe we can see him move up the lineup. But again, it is very early. I want to emphasize that because we can't take away a whole lot from these numbers. It's just interesting to see and to lay that groundwork and that foundation in terms of what to potentially expect. I want to look at his ground ball rates and stuff real quick. Uh, let's see. So where are we? Did I pass it? I did. So that, this is what I'd love to see too. Look at this. Only a 23.1% ground ball rate, weight, rate. This is a guy who was able to hit in double A in 2021, under 40% uh, ground ball rate. If he can keep elevating the ball like this, the line drives especially, I, it's not going to sustain the 30% line drive rate, but if you can stay in the 20% range, that batting average will further be a, 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 a positive production for him. And he's an all-fields hitter. Again, playing more into that batting average floor he can offer. So Terang does offer that safe, solid floor. The power isn't a plus, but it's not a zero, something I've been arguing about or been mentioning all offseason long. And that's I haven't seen – oh, so I just got a question in the chat – from Dominic, the Beatty injury. I haven't seen the update. Let's look it up real quick. See if there is any update because I know you heard it while swinging. I, I I retweeted the video yesterday. And for those listening, again, we're on we're live on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash/gtfantasy. Subscribe and catch up on all the video stuff. But sorry, I'm you know I'll share the screen too. This is a this is where I usually go to uh, Sports Edge, which oh wrong one. I got you on my face right now. One second, pull this back up. Great audio so we're gonna share this screen so this is where i just go it's it's the old roto world it's just for quick new oh we're searching for Beatty just to see what if anything came up and i don't want to hear the audio uh removed yeah see there's no updating here it says after wednesday's imaging today is what tuesday today's wednesday right so we should get some news today on Beatty. um so the next thing we're going to discuss today is the braves lineup what we've been seeing here because you know people are worried about murphy I just want to discuss the fact that, okay, so it's not showing yesterday's lineup, unfortunately. But Murphy has been playing pretty much every other day. And what, what we have been seeing is uh, Darno playing every day. As you can see, his name popping up. He's played every day. And let's see yesterday's lineup. I'm going to pull that up real quick. You would think that they would have that updated, but they do not. So Murphy played yesterday. Darno played again yesterday. So Darno's played all five games. Murphy has played three out of five with ozuna finally getting a day off yesterday even against a lefty ozuna's off to a terrible start i don't foresee murphy in this slow path to playing time type of deal going on i think murphy's going to eventually factor into a lot more via dh i think they're trying to give ozuna a chance to run with it they like his ozuna's pop but we all know ozuna against righties can be an issue and he crushes he usually crushes lefties he's been playing all like i say he's been playing all year got a day off yesterday i'm gonna be i think they want to see what they have there in him I don't, I, I don't think Ozuna is going to be a long-term fix there. I think they're easing Murphy into the season. You don't go out and trade for Murphy to, to sit him. He's too valuable behind the plate. Great defender. Great. Uh, and that, that matters. The great def- defense matters in today's game, especially with the way players are running on, on the catchers today right now. So I think Murphy's going to be in for more playing time, but it, it is something we are monitoring. He is playing every other day right now, but Ozuna is a, uh, Ozuna, I, I he hasn't been off to a strong start. I think he's gonna get a little more run before they move on from that. I have a question in the chat. Let's the long one. So uh, stick with me here. Is the power legit from B Reynolds? I heard he was swinging a heavier bat in spring training. I may be able to swing him for. I'd rather have a Rosarena uh, than Reynolds even rest of season. The problem is you have to remember, like guys like Trang, even Reynolds. Not that Reynolds can't have this type of year. He's try, you know he has a lot to prove. Reynolds is a guy that we were. He's always underappreciated in drafts. 
he might overperform in power for once. We'll see. Depends on. I mean, he's obviously taking advantage of what seems to be pitchers having struggles early on. People are saying juice ball, this and that. I think it's too early to say that. I think what we're seeing a lot of, which I mean, there could be a little something to the ball being a little more juice than last year. But what I'm getting at is I think it's more so pitchers um, adjusting to the rules, having to pitch faster, quicker between uh, between pitches and all that. They're missing their spots more. I think hitters are taking advantage of it. Hitters had a long spring for once compared to these shortened springs that we've seen the last couple of years. So I do think that hitters were more ready to enter the year. Pitchers might be struggling early on. I think there's a mix of a little bit of everything going on. Reynolds is a great hitter one of the best actual like overall like true hitters in the league one of the better true hitters in the league so i think he's taking advantage of it i do think reynolds is a legit though and i but i still would rather have rosarena over him rest of season especially maybe not in a points league if you're playing in a points league or something like that but in roto formats speaking of rosarena let's go to the Rays, which again not updated for yesterday but the reason why i want to talk about the Rays is uh parades he has now let's toggle lefties he has played one of three you don't see the yesterday's lineup was against a righty he sat one of three against righties i don't think he's in a true platoon because he did play one recently however there is potential for it here the rays are platoon they're platooning it looks like margot's platooning because uh, margot hasn't i don't think margot's started a game against the righty maybe he has one start he has one start against a righty out of three as well and Harold Ramirez, I don't think I don't know if Ramirez has any. Let's this is this is how I do my lineup searching, but maybe he has one too. Then I guess because he didn't start yesterday either. So th- these guys are playing less against righties than you might have expected. You have guys like like Josh Lowe factoring against righties. You have uh, you have uh, uh, Luke Rayleigh playing a lot against righties right now, and he hit a couple home runs the other day, so he's going to get some run. They liked him. He had a strong spring. Luke Rayleigh did. did. He's a very very deep league. Uh, rosterable type of guy, not somebody you're going out of your way to roster anything beyond 15s. And even then, matchup dependent, he might not even play against every righty, but he is a guy that is getting full run against righties as of now. I think he started against all three right-handed pitchers at to this point in the season, has not started against a, a lefty. And if you look at yesterday's lineup, which I am looking at right now, rarely started yesterday as well. Again, that's not on there, but you see Josh Lowe on there. You don't, what you don't, who you don't see is Paredes, who Taylor Walls has played their base over him against righties twice now. Uh, you have, and then you don't see uh, Margot or Ramirez, like I mentioned, each of those guys only playing two of three. And then you have the same thing happening over here in Toronto for a certain guy. He pulled the Blue Jays yesterday's lineup too. I really hate that they didn't update it yet. So Merrifield played against the lefty yesterday, so that's not going to affect this discussion. But with Merrifield, if you look at this, you toggle out, you toggle out, oh, sorry, you toggle out lefties. And Merrifield has played Merrifield's played three of five. So people might not realize it, but if you take away righties outside of opening day, Merrifield has not played. Biggio has played against has started against both righties. Opening day, you tend to give your starters the first start of the season, regardless. So now I'm watching the righties uh, the usage against righties here. They have Biggio, they have Santiago Espinal against lefties, which was, that's why it's like tough. But they have Biggio for some reason. They feel the need to 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 bat to play him over Merrifield right now, looks like. And then you have Espinal playing in the factory against righties with Merrifield getting the outfield. Uh, to give other guys days off and stuff like that. So I'm thinking Merrifield might be on a short side platoon. I'm watching. Let's see if the, if the lineup today. I mean, there's a lot of early games, so maybe we'll get some a little more out uh, of an outlook today as lineups post. Let's see if they've posted their lineup. I do know they're, they're the night game. We're probably not going to have their lineup up before the stream's over, but if we do, we will discuss it. However, Merrifield is on watch right now. He's on like a well, he's like on this watch list thing. I don't have a lot of I have no shares of Merrifield. No, wasn't in on him because I was afraid of the playing time. They when they first got him last year, he platooned a bit. He played regularly down the stretch, had a solid run to finish the year. But all things considered, he was a tough like he was not playing all that often. And that concerned me coming into the year. The price 
was a little much for me to get in on them. I know the speeds there. However, if the playing time is not, it doesn't matter. Washington is the last. We're going to get into some player talk here momentarily after we talk about Washington. The only thing I want to talk about Washington is if you look at the – I keep doing first names. Here we go. Let's try this again. Luis Garcia is playing every day. He's going to. He's not off to the best of starts. But if you notice, he is leading off against righties. That is a strong side platoon at the top with Lane Thomas getting lefties. And Lane Thomas playing every day. So he's not platooning like he has in the past, like he did at times last year. But Thomas is going to lose some play appearances early on. However, he's off to a better start. I think Thomas can easily take back over full time leadoff role for a little bit if Luis Garcia can't get going. But as of right now, Garcia has a path to more playing time, more played appearances, which can have more value in leagues. So be in my, uh, just take note of that. Another thing is obviously Candelario. Manessa's batting second. Candelario playing just about every day, batting, depending on where you're batting in the lineup, third, fifth, doesn't matter. Dickerson's out, so Alex Call is in. He's been playing pretty much every day since Dickerson went out. Dom Smith, regardless of matchups, staying in the 3-4 spot. So deeper, deeper leagues if you need a plug-and-play. Dom Smith is a guy to consider. Robust is also playing every day, but that's because they lack other options, it seems like. Let's move over to Graham Ashcraft. A great, a, a solid start here from Ashcraft. What we saw him do was feature a three-pitch mix, lived in the zone a little more than you'd like, but got away with it. And um, he is he's, he threw at least three pitches 11% of the time. Or sorry, It's actually updated to 10.5% since I wrote this. The slider was up. The velo on the slider was up almost, what, two miles per hour almost? And it was frustrating because my notes are one thing, but then this is down a little. This is different just because of how things, I guess, have changed. But um, the cutter was down in velo, but was it by design? Let's see the movement profile on it, if it's changed. The cutter, it doesn't show. I'm trying to see compared to last year. Here we go. Oh, wait, right here. We're going to get there. Here we go. So the cutter did add drop. And I think it added break. So maybe it's being thrown less. It's not being thrown as hard by design to get more movement on it, which is very, very possible. Just something to consider here. But yes, Ashcraft. And the thing about Ashcraft is he lets up, he gives up a bunch of hard contact. However, he has a, it was a 50, over 50% ground ball rate again this year. Did I scroll? I did. So last year, 54%. This year, 52%. Ashcraft is a solid option pretty much across the board i think he's already universally uh, rostered in 15 teamers but a guy that if he can sustain that ground ball rate that matters because his home ballpark is very 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 just not friendly to pitchers it's one of the best if not the best hitters park in the game right now ashcraft he's going to need to sustain these ground ball rates in order for him not to get hurt by that park he will have his blow up starts as will anybody in that park however that figure is worth mentioning that he can get away with some of this hard contact he's giving up but he can't get rid of he can't get away with that. That's <laughs> that sinker right there down in the middle. And then like if he started, if he's if he keeps if he's missing his zone with his pitches, he's gonna get crushed by good teams. So just something to keep in mind with Ashcraft, but definitely somebody who should be on most mixed league uh rosters. And a guy that really doesn't take need much. Let's talk about we could talk about springs. What's there to say? The dude looks great. He looked great. It was the Tigers, but he I mean, the only thing worth mentioning is he featured a new sweeper they threw. Uh, 10, uh, sorry, 12.3% of the time, strictly against lefties, though. So it is an offering against lefties, which is great because it complements the changeup against righties. So Springer, so having Springer, Springs having an option, having a go to pitch against lefties is just another way he's growing as a player. He's obviously dropping the slider in the process. The slider was a pitch he threw 24.8% of the time, only 7.4% of the time. 
it could be a variation of that. We'll see because that the slider was something he threw more towards righties last year, but it looks like he really is throwing a true, just a different pitch against lefties. The velo is way different on it. The movement profile is going to be different on it as well. He had a, the, I think it had a CSW of 40% and then an overall CSW from that start of, of 41%, I believe. But again, the Tigers. However, Springs is just taking what he did last year, adding to it. We could have, we could be seeing the Rays making yet another star pitcher coming come out of nowhere. The just something worth mentioning here. It was was it Rath, Rasmussen? Let's go with Rasmussen. Here we go. Rasmussen. I tweeted about it, so I'm just using my tweet because I'm lazy. Um, the two miles per hour less on the cutter, but again, six more inches of vertical break on it. So there's a likely give and take here. He's all you know. He's trying to he's changing up. He's changing up the, the shape of it, the movement of it, the movement profile of that cutter, which a lot, which almost makes it more of a sweeper, like that much more vertical. Like, I wonder if it's going to be recategorized or if it's just a cutter. But but then you have, you know, people who watch the game, watch the start more than I did, because I, I usually try to go back and watch the start. You have someone commenting about how he seems to change speeds on it on purpose, uh, more of a hard cutter than he would tail it. So I guess it is a cutter and just, you know, it averages out to have six more inches, all things considered. Maybe it's a but it's nice to have that option. The same pitch, two different ways you could throw it. But he has a sweeper too, so it's not like he doesn't have that option. Maybe some were miscategorized. Who knows? But he threw uh, in last year. He threw twenty three percent of four seam cutter and sweeper. Rasmussen did. Then with less than five percent sinker curve this year, he threw all five pitches at least twelve percent of the time. And that's why I find it interesting is that we have an early pit, potential pitch mix change. Again, we're just keeping this. This is very early information. We're taking notes on these pitch mix changes, on these at new pitches, seeing how they're utilized and seeing if they're actually effective or not. We It's too early to tell. And again, another Tigers start. I, I could probably check that real quick, but I'm not going to. Moving on to a guy that I find very interesting in Ryan Weathers, just because we've seen him have success before and then got injured. However, he it could be short-lived because Musgrove is returning. But what we saw here with with uh, with Weathers, 1.8 miles per hour on the four seam, uh, he added, but he lost, uh, but he lost some movement on it. Maybe if it's too straight, that's an issue. Maybe he needs to stop. Maybe he's throwing a little too hard. Maybe take a little off. That way, he can get some more movement back on that fastball. However, more velo is never a bad thing. It's just a matter of if it's too straight or not. Fastballs that are too straight can get hit. Ooh, somebody wants to know about Rowdy. I'll make it okay. After this, I'll pull up Rowdy's fangrass page. We'll take a look. But I honestly, it's just it's a week of baseball. I'm not worried about Rowdy Tellez at all. But we'll talk about what's going on early on with him. Too early to overreact to Rowdy. I'm not too worried about. I'm not worried about anybody underperforming, overperforming right now. If anything, you're, again, we're just looking for things. I, I again, I'll go take a look at Rowdy, but I have zero concerns. If that, I don't know if that's gonna make you feel any better. Back to Ryan Weathers. Uh, he, like I said, the fastball look could be straight. Just gotta be careful. He threw a sweeper as well. Shocker. New sweeper. It's everyone's doing it. It's almost like the slider. So he took the slider, turned it into a sweeper. And because um, the, the slider's gone from last year, uh, he threw it just 16.9% of the time. And of course, of course, uh, there was five inches of vertical break added. So again, that's makes it more of a sweeper than a slider. And there was two inches of horizontal break. So I'm guessing from what from what Savant was showing us on the player profiles, they were comparing the slider to the sweeper, most likely, given the uh the fact that he didn't throw a sweeper last year and they were showing before and afters in terms of like the break. I don't know. Anyway, or maybe that's against overall. I'd have to, I need to double check that. I, the way they broke it down, they showed before they showed 2022 and 2023 data on it. So I was really, I, I didn't realize it was a new pitch or maybe again, they're, they're recategorizing pitches. I have no idea. I, I'm not sure, but either way, the reason it was a successful pitch, he had a 40% whiff rate on it. 38.9% whiff rate on the changeup was able to utilize both against lefties and righties, but it looks like, you know, sweeper a little more towards lefties, giving him another option. My point is, is Weathers. I want to see, I would like to see less fastball 
more of the other stuff because the fastball got hit kind of hard 500 slug against it a uh 378 x woba against the four seam i would like to see a uh i would like to see the secondaries thrown more but again it could be short-lived in general considering there's a likelihood that musgrove is back and he could be the odd man out now let's go ahead and pull up an impromptu rowdy Telez breakdown and by breakdown i mean just an early look of what's going on because i have zero actual concerns about rowdy Telez. i can't stress that enough strikeouts are an issue right now but look at the his career strikeout rate. he hasn't struck out over 20 20.2 of the time since 2019 i don't think 31.8 percent is suddenly going to be a thing he's he has the home run early on i expect a lot more of those really bad babbit luck yes he's not a babbit god by any means but 182 come on he, he's one of those guys that should gain from the shift ban as well Telez is still he's not barreling the ball yet like he normally does i'm again i know it's kind of like look at the max exit he's just not he hasn't he just hasn't come around yet. I know it's hard not to overreact, but Telez is still Telez. I, I don't it's it's a week of baseball. I'm not trying to be mean about it. I'm just saying, like, you kind of have to sometimes just like give it just give it a chance. If you want to bench him, go for it. I wouldn't, but there's like nothing in his profile really suggesting like, yeah, he's making less contact, especially on contact, but he's also swinging less. Like, but there's a lot less O contact. Again, it's he's being uncharacteristic, and it's not like he's hitting this age curve. I think he's like 28. Yeah, he's 28. So Telez, yeah, I just I'm trying to find reasons to worry, but you can't. Again, it's if you drafted him, stay stay the course because you drafted him for this reason. He's gonna hit for power. He was never a batting average asset. However, he will be better than 182 or whatever I said it was. Just just hold tight. Just, I would just hold tight. Now, if it's now if we enter May and it's still like this, I get being a little more concerned at this point. At that point, I would probably bench him. But there's a lot of guys. I'm trying to think. There's um. Like, do you, do, do you suddenly believe that I think there was like some, oh, like Gallo's a 300 hitter? Gallo's not a 300 hitter. He went, he got into one of his hot streaks early on. And that's what we're seeing. So it's one of those things like there's just wild extremes right now. You got to just, you got to uh, roll with the punches and understand that there's a lot, a long season ahead of us. It's just, it's easy. You know, all off season we prep, 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 and then one little, uh, one, one slow week or fast week for a player and confirmation bias or, this concern kicks in that shouldn't be there, but it's totally normal. I've been, I've been known to overreact in the past. I'm you, I'm getting, I've gotten a lot better at it. So one guy I want to talk about here, I'm well, not really want to talk about, it's more so like, Hey, watch him. If he gets some closing, if, if he gets straight to a place where he can close or takes over, but I rolled this Chapman, the velo is back. And that's kind of the big deal here up two miles per hour on the four seam, the sinker. He was, it, it's up two miles per hour as well. The slider up what three, four miles per hour. And then the split finger, I mean, it's up, but he barely throws it. The point being, Arola Chapman appears to be pretty back in terms of just having this the overall stuff. And we can move on from him. Let's see. I have, oh, Carlos Estevez. Carlos Estevez. I, I meant to bring him up. I, I guess it doesn't really matter. I was looking at him. He has more of a, so his velocity was down a little bit. Nothing too, too worrisome or anything. Because again, relievers ramp up, all that stuff. He's been fine. He hasn't had a chance to get a save yet, but I think he's clearly the closer. And, um, where is it? It was a, it was this, the slide, the, what, I have it in my notes, sorry, the, the slider. So the slider was down a, a whole lot in terms of velo. That's a little concerning, but he is throwing it the least. So he looks like he's sub, so far substituting the changeup for the slider this year. And he likes to throw the changeup against lefties, the four seamer all around. Doesn't matter. He sits with the four seamer. The four seamer is also down a little bit. That was the issue. 1.9%, uh, 1.9 miles per hour on the four seamer. So, just wanted to bring that up. And then this, I think it was the slider that had a different chain, a movement profile. So yes. So the slider, if you look at it from last year to this year, he added more drop and more and uh and more and, and more break. Sorry, 
more vertical movement, more horizontal movement, both ways on the slider. I don't necessarily think this, that's probably why he's throwing it softer to get more movement on it. That would make sense to me. Again, it goes back to not all velocity drop is created equal. Uh, Estevez could be throwing more of a sweeper type of slider, but again, he's barely, he's not really throwing it that much. We're talking, he's sitting really, he's really leaning into that fastball early on, which he did last year as well. If you look at Estevez's last year, it's kind of a very similar thing in terms of usage. And, Actually, he threw okay. So he he's, he didn't really swap the changer for the slider. I apologize. He's throwing them the same amount of time, but the, I just I looked at the way they ordered it on Savant and they flip flopped them. And I apologize for that. So he's throwing the same. And then if you look at last year, the slider barely outused out, was out thrown. He barely threw the slider more than the changer. I can't talk. I apologize. Uh, so yeah, these. So yeah, uh, he's kind of leaning into the same pitch mix. There's no pitch mix change there, but the slider movement was something I caught that caught my attention. I wanted to discuss that. Maybe it's maybe it'll be more effective with that type of movement. Now we have some quick, quick, uh, quick hitting stuff on the way out here. And then we, and so we're going to share this tab and we're going to go back to yesterday's lineups and talk about this real quick. So the Mariners, I just wanted to bring up the fact that two straight left-handed pitchers, Jared Kelnick and Colton Wong have sat. I thought Wong would probably sit just given how he's been treated in the past. If this team saw this, they often, they have guys like Sam Haggerty, Dylan Moore, when he returns should take that role, but Haggerty could gain two a second base eligibility, not to mention he will play against lefties. It looks like going forward. I was kind of surprised Kelnick sat against lefties, not because he is necessarily deserving of starting against lefties, but because of they're, they're DHing Tom Murphy. I don't understand that. Um, if Tom Murphy's better against lefties, why not just let him catch that day? Or, I don't. I, I know Pollock will play against lefties. I know. I know Hernandez will play against lefties, and obviously J Rod's playing every day. But I just. I. I, I thought there was going to be a clearer path to playing time against lefties with Trammell out and stuff like that. So we'll see how that goes for Kelnick. But all things considered, it looks like Kelnick and Wong have entered into weak side platoon, and also just a very deep league name to know. Scope has also been sitting against righties for Zach McKinstry, who they went out and claimed, or was it claimed or traded for, or or just added after he was cut. So anyway, Zach McKinstry is getting strong side run early on for them. Kepler, we're, he's day-to-day, so it might not be long-term, but we're looking next man up. I could see a, a situation where Nick Gordon enters the outfield. I know we didn't see that yesterday, but Nick Gordon did lead off while he's out. So it looks like Nick Gordon get a little bit of run at the leadoff spot. However, Gordon can move to the outfield. They could put Farmer in yesterday with Solano for whatever reason, but if they wanted to get Farmer in, maybe they're just keeping Farmer for a weak side platoon because Farmer has really only made – he's only entered games against lefties. He hasn't even, I don't think he's really started a game, but I don't think they faced the lefty yet. That's why they faced one today. So we'll get an idea. Uh, so we'll see what's going on there. A guy just to keep a name on deeper leagues, Edmundo Sosa, strong spring, decent start, but he's not really getting the playing time because it's more of a weak side playing time situation. If he enters more of a regular situation, Sosa does have some intrigue potentially. And then you have Braxton Garrett like entering the rotation with, um, with Cueto on the IL. Braxton Garrett becomes one of those bigger targets off the waiver wire in 15 teamers it's the uh 12 teamers where he's more in the streaming conversation but in 15 teamers we saw garrett be successful over a stretch last year he could have some appeal beyond just streaming especially in 15s so i could see him being a top target for people in fab leagues like you know 15 team fab leagues uh 12 teamers again he's more of the in that fab conversation in that stash not fab not stash um (laughs) streamer conversation but what we do have are some injury stashes, guys that just popped in my head. So maybe I'm missing some, but two Reds players because that that ballpark is very hitter friendly. So Votto, Senzel, those guys can you know they're entering that 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 stash them situation. Same thing with the Minnesota guys, Kirilov, Polanco. I think Polanco might be a little farther off. So Kirilov becomes a guy that he was already playing in spring training minor league games right before the season started. So he should be closer to returning. Yes, there's concern there for injuries, but. In deeper formats, it goes back to being deeper formats because he's not a guy that you really want in 12s. 
he has the potential to be difference making off the waiver wire compared to most other names in deeper formats. So just a guy that if he's available in your league, probably he's probably worth stashing if you have the room for him. And I, t- I think I hit on everything. Oh, I've missed our guy right here. Where is he? Oh, uh, you know what? I, I swapped this page out real quick. I just want to talk about Mackenzie Gore. Mackenzie Gore is a guy that I'm pulling up his page now. Mackenzie Gore is a guy that leaned more on the fastball than usual, but he always throws the fastball the most. It's just a matter of Oh, it was actually about the same. I thought it was more than I thought it was. I thought it was like in the fifties last year. I apologize. Anyway, I, I keep apologizing. Maybe I should get it right the first time. So I don't have to apologize. Uh, 63.4% on the fastball. He did lean on the slider more than the curveball. There's a little bit of a flip there. But again, one game can't take anything too much away from it. The velocity was right back in place from last year. I, the velocity on the slider was up and the curveball was also up, but that's about it. The whiffs were okay on it too. Uh, maybe he can be more effective. The, the real takeaway was that he was able to be this effective with this, mix and with the fastball usage against a really strong Braves team so if he can sustain this type of success if he can succeed against those types of guys what's not to say that he can't have like a just an overall solid year he's creeping into 12 team relevance I would say he's probably a stream maybe a guy you grab just because you know the upsides there for Gore but a guy that's just very intriguing he I mean if, again it was I doubt many people started him against the Braves and look what he was able to do so he should be on everyone's radar just to see if he can carry over that success into his next start. And Tanner Houck was another guy. Jeez, I, I dropped the ball here. I have him in my notes, and I didn't have their pages. Pre- so Tanner Houck's another guy that, if I remember correctly, the results weren't the best, but he had some intriguing things going for him. Yeah, he had 5.4 ERA, five innings pitch, five strikeouts. But what he had going for him was the fact that, yes, this, the 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 what, what, what uh, the velocity was down across the board, not good. We don't like to see velocity down, but he, he uh, featured – a new cutter yeah that's what it was the new cutter and not only did he feature it but he threw it 27.1 percent of the time so not only is it is the cutter a new pitch for tanner hauk but it is a pitch that he's already leaning on and it got hit kind of hard <laughs> that's part of the issue it got hit kind of hard but he was still able to get a 33.3 percent whiff rate on a cutter not bad i'm just curious to see if we can get the velocity up and he again he struggled but is it velocity induced well is it something that will come around when the as the velocity improves i don't know but a guy i have my my eye on especially if the cutter can prove to be decent he leaned on it heavily because if you look at the usage it was strictly against lefties so he gave, he wanted he gave himself a pitch to utilize against lefties there and the slider he also utilized just finding his lefty but the cutter was a strictly against lefties that start so maybe that's why the heavy usage but we'll see but it's it's one of those things where he obviously trusts it enough to utilize it that heavily day one so maybe the cutter can improve but he is obviously Tanner Houck utilized it heavily against lefties just something to keep in mind with him and that is all my notes I touched on at least 20 names or 20 and and or situations and that was kind of the goal 30 minutes perfect appreciate you guys watching uh listening on the podcast oh the Rays oh let's talk about let's talk about some posted lineups I lied if you're still listening we'll talk some posted lineups why not so is this today the fifth so we have the Rays lineup against the lefty, though. So Prater's batting third, normal. As expected, Siri's an everyday player. I don't know if I mentioned. I think I mentioned him on the last stream, but he's a guy power speed, just needs to hit the ball. Margot also against lefties, not surprising. However, Ramirez, yeah, this is ex- this is expected. Brandon Lau sits. Yep, he's sitting against the lefty. Taylor Walls is playing way more than he probably should, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah, this this lineup also just kind of a pain to deal with. Madrigal's factoring the third base. Patrick Wisdom. Edwin Rios is like the odd man out. He's definitely playing the least. It's kind of what you're taking away from here. From the Reds, that was the Cubs, obviously, for those listening. Uh, the Reds, Friedel's batting second. He's not going anywhere. India's having a really strong start to the year. Love love India. Stevenson's playing about every day. Voss, Jason Vossler's a name. He's We've seen him be relevant before. He's a lefty. So as long as Votto's out, Vossler can continue getting run, especially against righties. 
uh, steer third base every day. Barrero is playing a lot more than I expected just because Newman, I thought Newman was going to be the guy there just because they went out and signed him. But I think Newman and him are going to be platooning. I mean, Barrero, we saw play center field against against lefties. So it's not even – and it's weird because he's the righty, but they do get Newman in there against lefties. But Barrero, Jose Barrero is a guy that's getting a lot of run right now. The Phillies goes back to see like they're not really playing Emundo Sosa. That's why he's a very deep league like just watch list guy because the playing time isn't there right now. But we have seen Stott sit against lefties, I think, last couple games too. Jake Cave's been a regular, so Cave, as the lefty, probably has a strong side hold of that platoon situation. You also have uh, with the Yankees, trying to with the Yankees, you have Cabrera's back in the lineup. He had a couple games off, but there's like a whole rotation going on. French, they have French Cordero, IKF, Hicks, all factoring into the outfield. It's a really weird situation. I don't think Cordero's going to be up long, or Hicks, or like someone's got some. One of those three are gone when Bader returns, but. Cordero hit a couple hard hit balls. Volpe is not going to leave the, the nine spot until he gets going because we saw LeMahieu not in lineup and it was actually Gleyber Torres leading off. So people were kind of hoping that Volpe might be able to sneak in some leadoff spot stuff. I don't think he's going to in the near future. Torres is off to a really good start. Two couple steals, couple stolen bases. Uh, Rays Nats. Let's go. Uh, you already talked about that. This was this is another one of the situations where Matt Beerling. Hey, Matt Beerling's playing against righties all of a sudden. There's something there. Well, it's because they, okay, so this was, they finally sat Miggy. They sat Miggy and Veerling got a start against righties. That's the thing. Veerling and Carpenter were platooning to start the year because when they face a righty, Carpenter plays as the lefty, but Miggy at DH holds back a spot in right field usually. But they're making it work today and they're getting Veerling in there and Veerling, we'll see what happens. Eloy was placed on the IL. What did I miss with Eloy? God, he can't stay healthy. I give up. Maybe I was wrong on him. He was one of my guys this year. I was all over him and he's already on the IL. I don't understand what happened. I got to see what happened there. Let's see. Let's see if we can pull the news up here. Let's talk about that. So much. This, this, was supposed, this stream was supposed to end, but now I got to react because I'm really deflated. Jake Berger got called up in his place. Every season is I don't want to hear you. The there we go. What, what's going on? Did they not? Okay. Bradish got, we'll talk about Bradish in a second. Bradish actually off to a really strong start yesterday. Got hit by a, what was the, uh, what was the comeback around Bradish? What was it? What happened? Right foot contusion. Okay. He'll just miss two starts. I'm not too worried about it. But what happened to Eloy? Did I miss the Eloy news in general? Because I would have led with that. You, you, everyone knows I love Eloy Jimenez this year. Let's find that. Hamstring strain? What the heck happened? <laughs> when did that? Oh, my goodness. They do keep him out of the field. I don't know if it happened in the field. Let's see. April 4th. Let's go back to April. Let's go back to yesterday. Was he playing the field yesterday? Because if not, then I really give up. If he was, oh, the White Sox. They didn't play yesterday? So confused. Last time. Okay, so he DH'd on Monday or the 3rd. Today's, today's the fourth. What am I doing? <laughs> today's the fourth. It doesn't matter. Yeah, so what, he played DH yesterday. What the hell, man? Ugh. All right, well, now we know. He's, uh, that's, that's aggravating. Thank you for letting me know, DBS. You saw, yeah, you were at the game? Okay. Apparently, according to the chat, which I appreciate this, DBS, Jimenez is expected to miss two or three weeks with a left hand hamstring strain. When did he do that? What the hell happened? Well, I'm I'm already. Uh, this is why no one drafts Eloy. This is why <laughs> I shouldn't have been all in on Eloy. I mean, it's still it's only two or three weeks. It's not it's not he's not a drop or anything. But what the heck? He was DHing. He wasn't even in the field. I don't get it. The guy just I guess he just can't stay healthy. Uh, let's get back to these lineups though, shall we? Uh, the Marlins another headache. Jesus Jesus uh, Jesus Sanchez. I keep getting no wait. Yeah, Jesus Sanchez. Here we go. They posted today. Wait, no. See, okay, I'm not crazy. He's the fifth. So what happened on the fourth? Where's the, did the White Sox not play yesterday? I swore every team played. No, I guess not. Oh, look at that. All right. Well, then he must have hurt himself the day before. Um, the Marlins posted, this is a team that Jesus Sanchez is kind of getting the least amount of run, but
but it's still weird because you'll get Sanchez get a couple games. You'll have Brian De La Cruz get, get a couple games. Avisayo Garcia plays the most out of the three. A situation to avoid. Of the three, Garcia's going to play the most, so probably him. Hampson at second base today with Birdie at shortstop. I think Birdie's about to get some added run, and we know what Birdie can do with playing time. He can steal a lot of play, a st- steal a lot of bases. I would think that Birdie's an interesting name. Uh, the Twins, Buxton's back in the lineup today and leading off. So the one day that we saw Nick Gordon lead off might have been a fluke. However, it is against the lefty and Farmer is in. We talked about how Farmer could be a weak side platoon option. Well, he's getting the weak side platoon over Gordon today. So that's something to keep note with Gordon. If Gordon's not going to play against lefties, which is weird as a righty, and especially for especially if Solano is going to factor in. Now, Solano at first base makes sense because there's no Kirillov, and Gallo is known to have lefty platoon issues in the past and overall struggles with lefties in general. So Solano playing first base in the short term is very likely to stick. Larnick sticking in with the playing time, but they do lack outfield depth right now, so it's not really much of a surprise. However, he's starting off hot. They're probably just letting him run with the hot hand. And because right now, again, Nick Gordon could play, but I think Gordon's also due for a day off considering I think he's played every single game to start the year. They have Jazz Chisholm back in the leadoff spot, but that's with Arias out. Wouldn't read too much into that. Fortez, I like him a lot. Seguros, sixth, seventh now. Okay, he's falling a lot, apparently. The Red Sox, Masataka Yoshida's hitting a lot of hard balls. Just a matter of letting, seeing that raw power turn into a game power, which we have seen a home run. Turner has played first base and does against lefties. Just a heads up there, could gain some eligibility. And about a month or so, maybe given to give or take, depending on how many lefties they face and what format you play in. Verdugo leading off, of course, he's having a strong start to the year, so that helps him stay there. We have the we talked about this triple A lineup here. <laughs> Let's talk about the White Sox real quick. Uh, the White Sox, we got word of Eloy that should give Gavin Sheets some run, and then Berger can probably him and Berger, uh, DH. And um, platoon at DH, I would think maybe is Burgers a righty. I forget which one he is. I'm gonna look it up real quick. I don't want to give misinformation here. Big Burger just, I know he just hits the ball really. Yeah, he's a righty. I thought so. So he's a righty. So yeah, him and Sheets, Sheets being lefty, could platoon there with Sheets getting the strong side. Obviously, Grandall will DH as well to help keep his bat in the lineup while and while giving him days off behind the plate. Oscar Colos might move up in the order, give or take, but I think Moncada batting fourth, Andrew Vaughn batting fifth. What you're seeing here. Is what you should expect with Eloy out. I'm just still flabbergasted by the Eloy news. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be surprised. I I, I knew what I was getting myself into, but I didn't expect it to be so while DHing. I'm sorry. If he, he wasn't playing the field as much, so I was I was in. And now he's out. All right. I appreciate the heads up, DVS, on the help here. No other lineups have posted. We talked about a whole lot of stuff today. I'm gonna get back to the content for the Patreon, so don't forget to check it out. Patreon.com slash GTE fantasy. What you saw, what you hear is what I'm doing with write-ups every single day for them pretty much for the most part right now, plus lineup stuff, plus all the other stuff. So um, appreciate those who subscribe, appreciate those who check out the Patreon uh, or obviously check out to the the podcast as well. Until uh, next time, maybe stream tomorrow. If not, it'll be this weekend or early next week. We'll talk soon.